1: welcome to another episode of the galactic driftwood podcast i'm bill i'm john i'm linda i'm charles i'm seth and i'm chris and we got a whole bunch of different stuff to talk about today it's gonna to just kind of go organically wherever it goes but i think we wanted to start off kind of talking about
2: happy, the... life, day. Uh, happy life day happy <laughs> life day
1: the star wars christmas Yay. special and uh i think uh Seth and Linda and I are the only three that have seen that so far. Um, but it was pretty good. I loved all the uh, references to the movies and callbacks to certain, you know, um, iconic scenes and things that were in it. Um, what was your take, Seth?
2: Uh, I, li- I like how they do these, uh, these Lego, inter- these Lego uh, deals. Like the people who write for them. Like the Lego video, ga- the Lego Star Wars video games, and the different Lego franchise video games, they've got a good formula. They have a mm-hmm. good sense of humor about them. And like they, they also, they still get the get to kind of the heart of whatever they're doing. Yeah. Like it, if you look at kind of the story, it's a, a real kind of Star Wars story. A uh, person feels inadequate about how they're doing, they go, they make a terrible mistake. And it has far reaching consequences and Jedi stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I'm, I'm not big on uh, cartoons or animated things. No, but, um, not
3: you. <clears throat> right. Really? But I did enjoy this. So, is it on par with like the other Lego movies, the bigger blockbuster ones, like your Lego Batman, or is this just a different kind of production for those?
2: Uh, this is a different kind of production. Okay. Like, was, was can... it on?
4: Was it on par with the Star Wars holiday special of the 70s? Is,
2: is the question so everyone's asking. So okay. much better than that. So much better than that.
4: Well, you mean it's better than the gang? Yeah, you because know, basically it was the gang going to Kashyyyk to find Lumpy, Chewie's son. And then, you know, I think Captain Steubing showed up and uh, Chachi. And it's like a whole wow. bunch of really weird, <laughs> weird so, things happened during uh, the, the holiday special.
2: Briefly, they are on Kashyyyk for Life Day to visit Chewie's family. Uh, it's uh, Ray and the rest of the group cast from uh, the new trilogy, basically, and so they all go to Kashik to celebrate Life Day. And Ray is training Finn to be a Jedi, so this is where we kind of get some sort of confirmation that Finn has Finn is Force sensitive and uh like they have a kind of a falling out and she's like i've got to find out how to be a better teacher so she goes looking for some jedi mcguffin uh that's gonna show her the masters of the past and it ends up being this uh force crystal that opens up portals to the past so she goes hopping through looking at uh or popping into different uh times in the Star movies. Wars history yeah. from the prequel trilogies or trilogy to the main trilogy. Uh, and then uh, accidentally was... pops in on Vader and Palpatine having a moment. Uh,
1: <laughs> what about that weird scene with Jar Jar Binks? Oh. Hmm. Jar Jar. Actually,
2: Darth what, Binks? Was
1: Jar Jar in that? No.
2: I, yeah i was like what the he's oh, making it yeah.
1: up <laughs> i was what? just waiting for everybody to start riffing off on jar jar but it didn't go there so yeah you oh, some, really so, so, you, my so whole thing. some
4: men just want to watch the world burn don't they <laughs> You yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. derailed my whole thing i did he did anyway it. it's the way i go
2: he pops in on vader and palpatine and palpatine or uh they managed to get the time crystal and start messing things up and it's just a mile a minute here but it's fun
1: <laughs> it is good it's 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 worth watching even if you don't like animation or um, cartoons john you'll like it I I, <laughs> I I i so does it actually like kind of save life day
4: is it like a reaffirmation people can now hold their heads up and not be ashamed of Life Day after the original holiday special. You could always do that.
2: You could just Mm. be like, yeah, I prefer Life Day. I just don't acknowledge the uh, source material.
4: Then you're you're just doing Festivus then, aren't
2: you? I I think Seth is saying he's pro-Life Day. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) I think Bill's putting words in my mouth again. I'm just saying you can do what you want.
4: Yeah, you always have a choice, Seth. <clears throat> you
2: do. So, well, I mean, the what, something I liked is like the some of the Lego models that they had in there looked really cool, like Ray's X-wing. That mm-hmm. looks like an awesome model to build. I may need to see if I can get that.
4: Did they give the specs in the show and how to make it? Or
2: no, yeah. They make They might. They might Definitely sell the model. I mean, Lego. If
4: you LEGO watch specials. the first Lego movie, if you watch the first one, it showed how they built it. It's like they literally showed you what blocks you need to buy. And, and yeah, they have like all
3: the part numbers kind of show up, like as yeah, you're going through building stuff. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool touch to it. That was cool. Yeah, I
2: mean, like Lego movies, Lego specials—they're basically super long toy commercials. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly.
4: And that's cool. I, I, that's the kind of advertising I respond
2: well to. Yeah, you yeah. know, I bought a lot of Legos off of
1: the Lego movie. <laughs> well, uh, while we're on the subject of Star Wars, do we want to talk about uh, what we think so far of the Mandalorian season? So, so uh, spoiler alert for anyone that's uh, not up to date on the Mandalorian. Why aren't so, think, you?
5: Well, first of all, <laughs> yeah.
1: Why aren't you? And secondly, <laughs> Seth is uh, Seth is through s- episode five, right, Seth? Yeah. Okay. And... Uh, Seth,
4: do you know who Grogu is?
1: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Then, then that's good. Isn't he a brother to Raxio Califacorian Falapatorius?
5: Oh no! Stop.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Knew that that's damn it, Bill. That's what I'm naming this episode. God damn Did you Bill. spend
4: like you spend like the like the first twenty minutes you were awake practicing that? And now you're just so proud of your skill, you just have to keep repeating it.
1: It's I like, think it's just a it's just a great name, Raxio. Calipatora, Calipatorius. Oh, okay, I don't we know. don't nah, need to. Hear nah, I'm messing it up, but
2: uh, are are you sure we want to talk about uh, Mando spoilers this early in the episode? You, well,
4: yeah, yeah so, I think you, so. Okay. Do, you, do you think that over the course of the next half hour, people will catch up or tune out?
2: I, I think that if they <laughs> haven't seen, if you the haven't Magalorian seen it, so far. Stop
4: watching us. Go watch the Mandalorian and come back to us. Why don't we talk about the boys?
5: Oh wait, I thought we were talking about.
4: Yeah, there's uh, nothing
6: to spoil. Just a bunch of A-team episodes with the green guy.
5: So no Pedro. Ah! Ah!
4: Ah! (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) the boys is actually done. So it's like our Mm -hmm. next show. By our next show, both Mando and uh, Star Trek Discovery season three should be done. So, I think they're only up to episode nine of. Uh, no, they. By the discover. time our next episode, yeah, and there's only there's only ten. I don't think there's there anything to spoil. That's, been, think
2: so. that's been that's been kind of. But this is interesting, engaging conversation. Us talking about what we're going to talk about on the episode. I hope <laughs> everyone really appreciates this. Yeah. <laughs>
4: this if is called getting, behind the scenes. <clears throat> this is called super meta. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting extra extra meta here for all of our meta fans Well, i
2: thought we were gonna talk some more about uh christmas specials that we like well, okay somebody
6: i think it's worth just pointing out that uh right around episode five um
4: oh i just wanted to say a- charles oh. that your head is in the way of your fine art piece oh cool i can't see
6: it yes <laughs> this is this is this is the spot where baby yoda
2: dies <laughs> thank Charles. you for burning down our comments Charles. Well, th- and
4: go. and we have to say right now baby yoda does not die so and we know yeah. what well. that's we better. we're pretty end. sure at this point that baby yoda is not dead
2: not i don't want to so be far. the trigger for whatever like burns down the world but i think if yeah. baby yoda dies like Western civilization depends on that, right? That
3: would be, yeah, that would be the crowning point for twenty twenty. He ate, that would he ate be the, too many uh... squid. He ate too many squid creatures.
5: <laughs> so, should everybody know, like, who the Mandalorian really, what he really looks like by now? It's that would that be a spoiler?
2: No, no that wouldn't be a spoiler. That was last season.
5: Okay, so there he is.
3: Oh, look at that handsome face. Well, yeah, covered, it's like covered I'm by just a mask. Thinking,
4: I'm thinking that this mask—it's coming off. I mean, why would you hire Pedro Pascal if you wanted to keep him in a in a mask? It's because like of the voice. Well, it's kind of like hiring Oscar Isaacs to play um, uh, Apocalypse in the X Men. It's like covering him all up in makeup. Just seems like, like why, why, why would you do that? That just
5: because it's the creed. Well, I mean... no,
4: it's the creed, but it's but like this is the way. This is the <laughs> but, but apparently after after uh what's her name? Ko Ratan? Uh Ratan? Bo Katan cries. Bo Katan. Yeah. She doesn't wear the hood. She doesn't wear the mask. Apparently, she identifies the Mandalorian as belonging to a fringe cult of uh, right? Mandalorians. So I mean uh, it's like I, I imagine that uh Do <laughs> so you think
6: he'll Pedro reform? Like to,
1: yeah, I think yeah. I think he, you know. He'll join the, the modern society instead of following the ways of the cult. I, I, I think if Pedro Pascal... Because like, we were discussing this before the show started
4: about the whole controversy about Pedro Pascal still actually wearing the armor. Because yeah. as uh, Chris and I have been reading, there's a mm-hmm. large controversy that, that seemed to end up with Pascal rumor. voicing the actor.
2: There was a rumor. It's not a controversy. It's a rumor.
4: Rumor it, it has was, it. All right, you, you make it, it. But as as Chris and I said, there was a lot more. There, first of all, there was a large number of nerd sites that were claiming the same thing. Yeah, and it's like, uh, in fact, until uh, Chris and you and Bill said it today, it's like I didn't know that uh, Pedro was still in the suit. I thought oh, I literally no. thought he was. Yeah, no longer so there the was. Suit. Yeah, there was a
3: lot of discussion around whether or not there would be a change about maybe halfway through filming season two because of this snag uh, of Pedro. You know, the mask has already come off. I'd like to show my face more. Otherwise, what's the point? Anybody can sit in the suit. I can agree so, with him on that. Well, uh, and here's the thing: yeah. if
1: if they put somebody else in the suit, would we ever know? They
4: wouldn't, and in fact, they have. There have been. Non- well, yeah the
3: stunt people like he's, yeah. he's he's said openly like he's left a lot of the other action parts and stuff like that to the stuntmen. so there's mm-hmm. there's definitely he's not always in the suit right
5: well Bill yeah, didn't yeah. we see something on uh, one of the, af, the after shows or yeah. about basically he has to do everything twice because he does it in the suit as the actor and then he has to put his voice to it again yeah. later so it's kind of like I can see his point
4: yeah I can see his point yes. too and it's just like it's like you made the
1: point that there are mandos that have different creeds. So that would maybe. almost be like you know, being in the Galactic Driftwood podcast and then having to go back and edit it and watch it again. You do. That's what you're
0: doing. <laughs> I know,
5: that's what I'm, that's I'm living point. the
1: life of the Mandalorian.
5: <laughs> I think that's his yeah. point. Do you want
2: maybe, out? <laughs> maybe you <maybe laughs> should do it all with a helmet on then. And...
5: oh there, there. there's a
2: thought. That's neurotic. But if yeah, somebody will it. get me a helmet made out of Beskar, I'll do it. Beskar. Beskar doesn't exist. Oh, yeah. well, there you
5: go.
3: You just don't you're, have you're the right 3D I, printer yet, Seth. I think it's fair to say, you know, r- r- rumor-wise or however you want to call it, controversy, you know, it, it it happened. How it was ultimately resolved or went down, It from what I gathered and from what was kind of pretty much put out there was, you know, he voiced his complaints on that. He really, you know, really wanted... His face shone more. I mean, look at that pretty mug. Uh, and the studio basically came back and said, "You know, I have spoken. This is the way. <laughs> I'll take it or leave it." And that was that.
4: That was that. But apparently, that wasn't all that. Because yeah.
3: Now he's back. So. Yeah.
4: Maybe there have been some some promises made that at some point soon he'll be able to take the helmet off.
1: Maybe. I don't well, guess. he can take it off anytime he wants as long as he's not in around a living People. being.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I I think I don't know. All hey, he needs is like
1: was... all he needs is like some um, uh, Cylon models. This yeah. S- sound like...
4: Speaking of Cylons, wasn't it good to see Katie Sackoff? It again? was. It was. I I, I wonder where she. I've missed her. I have. I didn't know. her. Well, she missed was just, her, just
1: in a show on Netflix, a sci-fi show on Netflix that we just watched. Uh, oh, yeah, that, I don't was, know, that like was terrible. Four months ago, it was awful.
4: It's absolutely unwatchable, and it's like, and I mean she didn't probably have any you know uh stake in the writing of it right. or the directing of it but yeah it was it was not good
3: it but now good.
1: It, it, here's the thing that occurs to me so when we see her i mean i can't think of a show she's been in that's not a science fiction related show so do people that star in sci-fi shows do, they, do you think they get pigeonholed i th- well she
3: was uh wasn't she in longmire for a while or is she still Long- i don't know yeah, what that i haven't seen that Oh, wow, what is it? Not sci-fi. I was like, that
5: yeah, explains so, why you haven't
4: seen it. <laughs> you know, it's like maybe. See, that's just it. Is it is it her being stuck in sci-fi, or is it us who only sci stuck? Sci-fi?
3: In. <laughs> we don't. We yeah, don't so I, I knew her, her initially from another show, Longmire, where she's a deputy in that. Oh, um, okay, I never saw that. And that's like a you know your Wyoming state sheriff's yeah. whatever kind of. Oh yeah. and that's her
1: that's her on the screen as Bo katan in the Mandalorian. So yeah, and, she
4: did a really good job.
1: And they're Mandalorians as well, but they're Mandalorians that supposedly are mainstream where wearing the helmet and the armor all the time is not required. Oh. Whereas Mando
5: He's from a yeah. sect.
1: He's sect. part of a a cult. Well that's what they've cult. claimed. Yeah, yeah, a cult that yeah. believes they can't ever take the helmet off. Which would kind of suck for eating and stuff if you're out at a restaurant. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but if I'm out eating somewhere, I even take off my COVID face mask, and I, that well, uh, that puts me at risk see, of death.
2: We see him eating a couple times, and he just like lifts it up, and our
1: yeah. In our
5: own defense, we don't now. eat out. Thank you.
6: The sneeze. It's the
5: sneeze you'd have to
6: worry about. The sneeze. That's oh, yeah. every time I see him in the helmet. That's what I, I think. Right. Well, he probably you... doesn't
2: get many particulates up in there, so
6: maybe it's so got a filter. Anything. Well,
2: I'd be in trouble to say.
1: <laughs> so uh, you wouldn't I'll wear swear, the there helmet. There is a
2: Mandalorian who's had to deal with that.
1: No doubt. I mean, you have to assume they get sick. How do you get that, that? Well, here's the question: If you do get sick or you do need emergency medical assistance and the doctor has to attend to you, how does that happen if you can't take your helmet off?
5: Droids, the droid, yeah, yeah.
1: All, oh,
4: all yeah. the dro- all the doctors seem to be droids these days, yeah. In the, in in Star Wars universe, so yeah,
2: everyone's too busy. Uh, except for the blastered. except
1: for the torture doctors, who apparently the. <laughs> They're in it for the love of the game, man. They're they're,
4: they're
2: you'll love and you'll never
1: work a day in and your life.
4: You'll never work a day in your life. Seth's <laughs> right.
1: Seth's right. You gotta oh, love hey, what you do. Hey, here's a question. Any theories from anyone on who the real owner, the rightful owner of the Darksaber is?
2: Well, I mean, it's not a... It, there's not really a rightful owner outside of uh, outside of a Mandalorian, like yeah, a, it's
4: a it's a Mando weapon. It was yeah. designed
2: by Mandos, but it was. I think it was. I think the lore behind that is that it was made by the first Mandalorian Jedi. Mm. But it's become something of uh of a symbol on Mandalore now. Yeah. So this is actually what uh uh, Bo Katan is after.
3: There's is the dark saber. She wants
2: the dark saber back so she can return to Mandalore and basically uh, reclaim her pa- her uh, seat of power. Right, like that. That's kind of almost akin to Excalibur for uh, seems for Mandalorians.
4: They're kind of cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, sh- I showed you my friend's uh, dark saber. Yes, that was cool.
2: i ah, asked yeah, the before times when we could. Yeah. see things in person
1: now john and chris you're caught up on the mandalorian you said right
3: yeah no oh no. chris you're not no i'm uh, not okay all right um caught up on mando
1: yeah are you caught yeah. up on star trek yes yep uh as of friday night on friday nights is our catch-up night it's Sci friday for us we watch <laughs> discovery anyone else, and mando
4: anyone else caught up on star trek
1: well, no. but now, no worries. I, no. Let me uh, stick in with The Mandalorian for a second, but not talking about the actual episodes itself. I'm talking about the filming of the episodes. Um, there's a series that's also on. Um, disney plus that's that's uh it's like star wars gallery or something like that and um it starts the episodes start um with the second season of the mandalorian and it kind of goes into depth on the filming of each episode Mm -hmm. and one of the things one of the shows that we just watched that i thought was the most amazing was where they discussed um something they call the volume are you guys familiar with that at all? <clears throat> so I am not. The volume, so we all know about filming movies with green screens, right? So yeah. you have a green screen in the background. Right. You put the actors there. The actors do their thing. And then people go in. So this is a, a scene with um, the different actors. This is one of the episodes in the gallery uh, where they're talking about behind the scenes on some of the episodes. And Oh,
4: is it kind of like the... the-
1: The ready room with Will. Yeah. Yeah. Only it's, yeah. Only it's, um, you know, much more interactive where each of the participants there uh, could almost be a host of the show, really. Um, So, in the one episode, they're talking about the volume and what they did. So, when you're filming uh, a scene in front of a background, a green screen, and then that goes to post production if you've got a guy standing there in like Mandalorian armor and they're watching a sunset, you've got to go in and manually add the sunset highlights reflecting off of his armor and stuff. And all of that requires a lot of, you know, understanding about the interplay, the complex interplay of light and how it reflects off metal surfaces. Well, what they did for the Mandalorian is they created this giant sound studio that they call the volume. And the floor, the ceiling, and this curved wall space is all a giant LED screen. And what they do when they're filming is they put the actual background up on the screen and the ceiling and the floor so that they can film whatever scene they want. And they actually film it in camera so they don't have to go back and do any green screen work. And the beauty of it is, they said, is that as the actors are acting in that space, the light coming off of the LED screens is reflecting off of the armor. There, you can see the volume. So yeah, so you see the ceiling, the background. And so there'll be like that that deck he's standing on is an actual prop, but then it blends into the background of the actual footage um, that they designed for the episode. So they said, it's great because you get this complex interplay of light. And as the actors are moving through through the scene, the reflections change, and um, they said it. it's a lot less work and provides a much more convincing look to the scene than you could get with a green screen. The other thing that they found that was kind of intuitive when you think about it, but wasn't obvious when they first started planning to do this, was that when you have characters in front of a green screen, every character is has to imagine in their mind what the scene Mm -hmm. looks like that they're in. When you put the actors into this, the scene is around them. They're all reacting to the same exact thing. And they said uh, there was one scene in the Mandalorian where they're on this metal barge that's um, floating down a river of lava. And they said the actors were in this boat. And he said, even though the boat is stationary and not moving because the background is moving and you're in this the floor looks like lava and you're going through this tunnel and at the yeah and at the the end of the tunnel you see the light getting larger and larger you're on your way out everybody in the boat actually felt like they were in that scene and he and um the guy who plays um the the leader of the guild i can't think of his name right now uh the carl weathers yeah yeah carl weathers character um he said that you know when you're in this you're actually feeling like you're moving down this river of lava and he said you know it gets all of your senses hyped up for it and you actually feel the intensity of the scene a lot more and it helps a lot more with the acting and bringing out the acting plus all of the characters are reacting in the same way because you're all seeing the same thing that's awesome yeah, yeah, they said it, it, it's quite a. It's a it's a good little episode to watch in that gallery series uh, that accompanies uh, the Mandalorian this season. So,
4: yeah, um, I remember that. That's I'm, yeah,
1: that's the lava tunnel that they're floating down, and there's a, a picture of um, ig eighty eight ig eleven I think. Oh, It's okay. like ig eighty eight was the one in, um, in Empire in Strikes Back, yeah. right? Ig eleven, right? So yeah, so he's he he got off the barge and decided to walk his way out. And we won't talk about that anymore, so we don't want to spoil anything. But, uh, but yeah, that's an example I, I, I of the, yeah. yeah, of the uh, scene um, and how it looks. So, yeah, that volume is is pretty amazing. And they said that um, it was very expensive to design the studio, but the money that they're saving on the back end having Mm -hmm. to go in and manually add of all these special effects and all of this extra processing time required uh, is probably going to make up for it in the long run. Oh, yeah, I
4: imagine. And they're going to be able to use that studio for other
3: shows and it's like,
1: yeah. Right, and they said eventually that that's probably the way everything will be be shot going forward as prices continue to drop. From a
3: technology standpoint, that's kind of cool to see them finally adapt to something else from green screens to now this. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's actually pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, and it made me think how long before
1: you have something like this in your house where you have, you know, your your walls and your ceiling or Maybe this type house. of LED screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what somebody well, else Well, I mean,
3: we do virtual backgrounds now. I mean, look at look at our backgrounds sure. and you know, 10 years ago that really wasn't a thing, but now right. it's, you know, you don't need the green screen anymore that just kind of does it.
1: Right. I mean, you know, you wouldn't have expected to see me sitting in the engine room of the uh, Star
3: Destroyer. So, right, John? Yeah, that gives me a whole other way to look at that. Now I'm always going to wonder, you know, did, how did they film this scene? Right, right.
1: Yeah, because you, you can see the guy with the camera there and it's almost yeah. a 360 degree screen. Yep. And, um, they had a lot of, uh, a lot more footage of the, um, uh, the guys with the cameras moving around in there and how the, how they can change the backgrounds. And they said, it also makes it very easy for them to come back and do little pickup scenes where they need to get another additional scene or another take on a scene. Cause it just takes them a second just to recreate that, that backdrop and start filming it. So yeah, it's pretty amazing. Very nice. Yeah and they showed uh, one of the scenes for example they showed they had like the fuselage of the um, shit I'm drawing a blank on the name of his ship the uh, the Mando's ship his spaceship what's it called Uh, it's uh, well I don't think it needs a name anymore The clipper (laughs) what kind of a ship is it come on Uh, Seth help me out which one the name of Mando's ship
5: Mando's ship
3: Ow. and Oh. Razor crest the, the,
1: that's it the, the razor crest that's it razor thank crest. you thank you oh my god all i could think Where of was expert? clipper um yeah the razor crest so they had just the fuselage of the razor crest but the led screen provided they were supposed to be like under one of the wings so the ceiling of the led screen was the underside of the wing so that they could get that shadow and that shading effect when they walked underneath it um yeah it was it was pretty impressive the way they the way they do a lot of this so um, I, I encourage everybody to watch that if you want to see some really cool behind the scenes Star Wars trilogy. galleries. Yeah, Star Wars galleries.
4: Yep, is it? Is it in the is it in Disney Plus? Or it's in it? Disney Plus. It's right. not
1: under the Mandalorian, so it's its own separate series. So All just right. go look
3: for uh, Star Wars Gallery. They have like a whole Star Wars section in the in the Disney Plus thing, I think. And it's, it's in, yeah, it's it's, pretty it's pretty one of the ones in, the in
1: there. So yeah, just find that and just start at episode one and just watch straight through. Um, uh, there might be spoilers in there if you haven't seen through the latest episode, mm. um, and because the episodes kind of follow along with the episodes of the Mandalorian. So if you're on, if you've seen episode five of the Mandalorian, don't go past episode five of the gallery. Yeah. So there's an example of, again, the volume, you can see them working in the volume with the cameras. And, um, and then, uh, the other thing I didn't realize is that, um, uh, the character, um, that we see sitting on the top of the blurg there, um, <clears throat> god damn i'm drawing a blank on his So name nick
5: now. nolte played the voice i don't know yeah, nick it is. nolte played the
1: voice <laughs> no, uh, but anyway spoken. that whole that uh, there there is a person that's inside that but the face the eyes the mouth and all of that is animatronic and oh. it's being controlled by remote control by these guys with remote controllers off the stage and um yeah, it's just uh, it's fascinating how they're doing all this stuff with a combination of uh, animatronics and puppetry to make all of this stuff come to life. And uh, they were talking about um, how it's uh, been a, a unique marriage that really is bringing out the core yeah. feeling of Star Wars from the original well, movies. And, and this
3: is it. Yeah. It's like it's,
4: if, if Disney can get over its inability to write good um, scripts, then it can take Star Wars where it should go. And it's like, Favreau seems to have done that. Favreau mm-hmm. seems to have broken through the craptoid uh, writing that Disney's been throwing at Star Wars for it's the entire time it's had it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I take that back. I think uh, Rogue One was very good.
1: Yes. And I actually <laughs> liked Solo. I did. Yeah, I like I did solo too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked it. But the the but Rogue One, I think, is probably one of my favorite Star I mean, Wars of all time. John, Seven, you're eight, eight like nine.
2: Like the the prequel trilogy had good writing, so I don't know what you're talking about.
4: Uh, what? Do you, you don't think the prequel trilogy had good writing?
2: New. No.
4: I agree. I didn't like them either. I didn't. (laughs) And just just because I'm saying that the sequel trilogy is bad doesn't mean that the prequel trilogy has to be good. Yeah, yeah. There's no kind of inverse relationship there that's implied. It's like, but it's like seven, eight, and nine are are awful. I mean, absolutely awful. And in fact.
2: Maybe. I didn't think they were that bad.
4: I um, prequels they're nowhere
2: near as bad as the prequels, prequels right I didn't right. care if that's your
4: ba- if that's your bar man then fuck'
3: it, it's, <laughs> it's a little
2: bit like, of my bar hell. I get to compare it's like if that's <laughs> yeah. the bar
4: I, I want the bar to be Mandalorian. I don't want the bar to be the prequels. That's not where I want to start. You have to do better than the prequels. It's like damn it. it's like that's 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 nowhere to go. It's like, be better than
2: Star Wars or, is Star Wars. It gets to be a little bit cheesy. Like, well,
6: cheesy's okay, but no, it, it should be better than an old Western.
5: <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's
6: what they modeled it after.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I'm wondering if uh, you guys think we'll see any kind of spin offs from The Mandalorian. Would you like to see Cara Dune in her own, you know, sp- her own show? as as marshal of uh, that
3: town. Why not? I wouldn't I don't I think, think I'd mind think that at all. There is, is why not. Yeah. yeah.
2: I think Disney is setting up could be or Feige could be setting up any number of uh, spin-offs and here I do want to I guess if we're talking Mando spoilers uh episode 5 uh we meet back up with Ashoka Yeah. from yeah.
1: Uh, the Clone Wars. Yeah. And yes, and that was that actress did a great job on that. She did a great job. On.
4: I didn't. I didn't think that Feige was had anything to do with Star Wars. I thought he was oh, just sorry. basically MCU guy.
2: Sorry, whoever's writing for Favreau. Uh, yeah, Favreau. Yeah. Sorry, uh, but yeah. So now we've got we've got, Ashoka back in there, confirmed alive after the events of. Uh, Of the third or uh, episode six or episode, you know, Uh, Order 66. Well, we knew she survived Order 66 because she's been in uh,
4: stuff after that
2: Star Wars Rebels. Uh, Order 66
4: is where the Emperor programmed the clones who were stormtroopers to take out the Jedi. Take out the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. On a command called Order 66.
2: Yeah. but she was in Rebels, so we knew she'd survived that. But we didn't know that she had survived post-original post, uh, trilogy. Yeah, we, Rebels we was of, an
4: animated series of, of for Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, when was that placed exactly?
2: Uh, Rebels is placed right before uh, Rogue One, I believe. Oh yeah because they actually
4: I do believe they showed one of the uh, rebel ships uh on the field on Yavin 4 which was the the moon actually uh do I have to explain Yavin 4 to everybody yeah. Yavin 4 was was the moon uh in episode 4 where Leah, Luke and Han escapes the Death Star to fly to and right. it's like before they had to attack the Death Star with X-wings Right. So, uh, yeah,
2: But in episode five, we learned that uh, Ahsoka is hunting Admiral Thrawn. Who, yeah,
4: which is cool. I'm glad he's in there.
2: Who, For any of us who uh, re- were reading the now extended yes. universe books.
4: I read all of the extended universe and I loved Thrawn. I thought yeah. Thrawn was a great character.
2: Thrawn is a fan favorite and if they if if Disney wants to bring Thron back into the please and in a big yeah. way oh uh, yes do
4: it and i'm not going to explain any of that you can read your own extended universe stuff to find out about Thron <laughs> or or watch the show i will
2: i will gladly spend an entire episode talking about grand admiral Thron and the original uh, extended universe trilogy of books. I will talk at everyone for well, an hour in, He was in that.
4: Rebels, wasn't he?
2: Yeah. What Does kind of role did he play in Rebels?
4: Because I didn't see that.
2: I haven't seen Rebels yet. Uh, it joins my vast backlog of things that I need to watch and haven't yet because there's yeah. too much stuff.
5: This one's a little clearer. <clears throat>
4: well, well, that's yeah. Good. All right. I well, need, uh,
5: F- at the end
1: of episode five, <clears throat> we see the Mandalorian. He's got to take um, uh, Grogu to Tycon, Tython, right? Something like that, yeah. That Bo-Katan, or not Bo-Katan, Ahs- Ahsoka Tano says, take him to Tython, take him to the top of the mountain, to the Jedi temple there, and put him on the seeing stone. And if he... If he feels like it he'll reach out with the force and hopefully contact another jedi right <clears throat> so see that
4: to me doesn't that seem
1: reckless yeah because
4: basically you're advertising to any force user right and it's like there's probably you know uh at least as many sith out there as there are jedi so it's like yeah i don't i don't i, don't, I thought that was a reckless move i mean the mando didn't
2: know any better no but, uh, but here's, i would expect more from ahsoka I'm not sure how much of a Jedi Ashoka is she trained as she's a just Jedi. a saber so she trained as one but she's pretty much as like as gray as they come I yeah mean, I mean
4: I think. A, a, everything you'd expect a padawan of Anakin to be so yeah um, but yeah it's like I, I know but it's like I don't think I think she liked the grogu I think so mm-hmm. I don't know this seemed like a, it just to me seems like a reckless action like you want yeah. you want to to advertise to the universe that there's a force user right and it's like who do you think going to come
1: right you know it's
4: like it's right. like not all well, the choices not all the options
1: are good well here's the thing that kind of got me on that 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 whole scene there is so obviously he takes the baby to the seeing stone and then the baby reaches out but what you see is this force energy basically going up vertically from this stone into the sky, sky beams. Huh? Yeah. Sky beams. Right. Just a beam <laughs> beam heading straight up like, like shining a laser beam up into the night sky. But what, how much area of space there it is. How much area of space are you going to hit with that, that beam that's going straight up? <laughs> It's right? the
2: force. It's space magic. It works yeah,
3: it's, because it's magic. I
1: agree with something. On <laughs> it, it just is, seemed to me to be like shining a flashlight up into space and expecting to reach somebody everywhere in the universe. And I'm like, uh, I don't think they understand how you don't space know the force. We'll it's yeah, the force. Seems... Apparently, hmm.
4: yeah. It's so you're trying. You're, you're angry, or you're trying to express disbelief that your MacGuffin. Doesn't appear to be working
1: quite the way that <laughs> yeah. the McGuffin should work. Right. Right. My suspension of disbelief was lost there because I'm like and that's, to... that's that's that, that is what it should be doing. It should be giving
4: you the sense of belief. Because it's, right. it's yeah, it's a MacGuffin. It's like Right. I, now, I, I if know. it had
1: if it had just gone out in a you know Bubble well, the wave have, could that out? have simply yeah. been the
4: force shield that was protecting Grogu rather than the actual
1: carrier wave? That I don't worked. know. It looked like energy going up, like yeah. This, right? Yeah. And so in my mind, it I'm thinking, okay, the that's Mando. the signal going out, like a radio signal. Only it's more like instead of radio, which as we know is a expanding wave of energy, this was like a well, photon. It, how shot fast straight does up. the
4: force travel? Because it it would take like. <laughs> like uh hours to reach the nearest planet even sure at, at right. light speed if it you know it's if like that
3: was indeed like a signal to go out yeah yeah If right. it, it would take years to go it would I, take four years to go to alpha centauri well yeah, unless
2: except that like luke feels his friends in danger yeah, i was going to say you do have force yeah. Yeah. The there yeah the
4: there you go cause. you're right but was that was that the force showing in the now Or is that the force that was giving him precog about potential futures?
2: Space magic. It's space magic.
4: Again, it's like, see, Bill's trapped us into trying to define a MacGuffin that (laughs) that refuses (laughs) to
1: Maybe the the force is quantum entangled. Maybe it is. Maybe Maybe, it is.
2: I I don't know. Maybe all of your explanations are bullshit.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe maybe it's space Jesus. I don't know. I don't. (laughs) I have no idea. Obi-Wan Kenobi? <laughs> Why are
2: you bringing Obi-Wan Kenobi into this? <laughs> I don't know.
4: All
1: hail Obi-Wan Kenobi. All right. I bet
2: you won't share this on your Facebook.
1: <laughs> okay, well, something... Okay, so let's let's switch gears just a little bit. We're going to stay in sci-fi, but I want to jump over to, to, to Discovery. Now, I think John and Linda and I are the only ones that are have seen that, but... And again, there's spoilers if you haven't seen this season of Star Trek Discovery yet. Uh, Get caught up at least through season nine, or episode nine, sorry, of season three. Um, But I want John's um, thoughts on detached nacelles. You know, I thought about that and it it,
4: it doesn't make any sense. It's like considering what they're designed to do. And it's like, I I actually looked up details on nacelles and There's all kinds of conflicting canon Mm. about nacelles, which is weird in itself. Canon should like actually match, but it's like part of Canon says it's a bustered Ramjet, which is actually uh, something that creates a magnetic field that scoops in interstellar hydrogen. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why you'd need that for a uh, antimatter drive. Yeah. uh, I don't. but even as like if if the cells do that, I'm not sure where that goes. If the cells hold the antimatter, yeah. Then so for those attaching them would actually be
1: counterproductive, wouldn't it? I mean, I don't know. They must be beaming the matter. So in the uh, so discovery in the current season has jumped uh, 930 years into the future, and 930 years into the future. Um, all of the nacelles on starships are detached. They sit offside the starship, you know, um, where they would be attached. They're just moved off, I don't know, however many feet or yards or whatever. And um, they're just sort of magnetically connected uh, to there's the something ship. something connected. Somehow right.
4: they're connected to the ship. But it's right. like... We don't know there's... how... There's physical things that should be going back and forth between the nacelles. We have
1: to assume it's some sort of energy radiated and that we can't see. Did,
4: did you notice it's well, like in, in Star Trek movies they have like these dry docks to fix ships. This time they just had like Bob the Builder pop up and just start <laughs> you know, in and, and, and like 15 seconds. it's those like were awesome. those androids. Yeah. They're, yeah. So can we do it? Yes, we can.
2: I, I may be making nerds very angry right here who understand like the... How warp there it is works.
1: there's the detached cell off to the left it doesn't and make ship.
4: any sense it's like considering what they're supposed to be doing i don't know well, why you'd want to do
2: that but my my understanding of how Go warp ahead. drive works is that you're basically projecting a bubble of yeah. your
1: energy that energy
2: yeah. that puts a ship into basically subspace yeah
4: and yeah, in, in some of the I definitions of the that nacelles, that that is exactly what they do: is they well, generate a subspace field.
2: The, the way that I thought it worked is you needed two nacelles because you need kind of two uh, subspace bubbles, one slightly off from the other, at, that propels the ship through subspace. Like you're not using any sort of impulse drive. You're using these two offset yeah. levels of space time. I read to that too. Push I, your ship through subspace is how I thought it worked. And, and you hey, know, Linda,
4: that's actually a, a drive. Yeah. It's called the Acubier drive, Hang on and it's actually been studied to right it now. in a minute. Yeah, I
5: will.
2: So,
4: Do you, can it, you, it, hey, Linda, can you find me a picture of the Acubier drive? A C U B R E, something like that.
2: So and it's like the, the,
4: this is actually what you're talking about is exactly what the QBR drive is yeah it's but if
2: you got then detached nacelles you could move them out in different you could move Configurations. them out further or in and adjust the warp so field yeah the warp fields that are pushing your ship forward so Ooh. maybe getting better speed and you've said in other weeks that the lithium is uh, rare, rare, rare. So maybe it increases the efficiency.
4: Maybe and, it um, does. So it that would define. Be. So this might define what the nacelles actually do once and for all.
2: Yeah, and Which would make them stand. How do they get power? You can beam power. Yeah, like, uh, I'm sure there's some way. To I mean, if you can beam like
1: somebody's transport. matter from no, site not A not like to site B,
2: like there we go. That's the Cubier sort of drive correct, right there. Uh,
4: it's basically two space bubbles. And it's like it's it's a matter of like one pushes you backwards, the other kind of opens space ahead of you. So you're always falling. Yeah. And you can go uh actually there's no real limit to how fast you can go with an acubier drive, uh, hypothetically. <laughs> um there are supposed to be teams of scientists working on this right now. In fact, they are. I know they are. And this isn't a this isn't a conspiracy theory. They're actually Working on this right now, John. But, you're
2: bringing something to us that isn't a conspiracy theory. Or you feel okay? <laughs> well?
4: <laughs> I may be the conspiracy theory guy, but well, in some, in some just, cases, this is sounded, a,
6: you're sounding kind of like the guy in 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 every kind of bad action movie that goes, "Trust me." So,
4: Never mind. yeah, said so the guy with the walrus on his wall. Yes.
6: Now,
1: here's the other thing. So the Discovery, as we know, has the um, spore drive. And when they activate the spore drive, which allows them to instantly jump from one spot to any other spot in the universe, um, the ship goes through this flipping rotation thing and then just disappears and then pops up in a new place and spins down. And so a lot of the discussion that I saw when the detachment cells first came out was like okay so how are the detachment cells going to know about the flipping ship and how are they going to stay on and Indeed. that was answered in the last episode Well here's a question isn't the the did they
2: upgrade the discovery
1: Oh
4: yeah yeah yes they did Discovery's but, been upgraded
1: but... with programmable matter
4: Do you do you remember that the the mycelial drive is supposed to be destroying the universe, and you shouldn't be using it anymore. What, when did that like all of a sudden become okay?
1: Well, it was uh. only destroying it because it was the uh, Emperor's Empress Giorgio's ship. They were um, um, stealing all of the energy from the mycelial network, and when they destroyed that ship, it regenerated, and then they then they repopulated the mycelial network on that one planet where. Uh, they were, they were investigating that big tower of energy, remember? Yeah. So they, they repopulated the mycelial network. But
4: when they got trapped, like halfway into the mycelial network, didn't, yeah. uh, I mean, that's one of the things that the doctor, his yeah. shade, I guess you'd call it, yeah. told us, is right. that the mycelial network is dying.
1: Right. And that and was then, because of what Giorgio and the doctor on the Giorgio, uh, the uh, mirror universe Giorgio was doing.
5: That's so, the new ship.
1: Yeah, that's the new. That's the new. Um, no.
5: Yeah, that's the new one.
1: Doesn't have detached
2: nacelles.
5: Well, they detach.
2: Oh, they detach. They never attach. Yeah, yeah but it's also 1031,
1: Linda. It's not 1031
5: A. Uh, well, that's weird because it looks like. Yeah, I know it looks hold like. On. It. Hold on. So, hold on. So, so if we haven't have a been watching
2: Discovery. Everything you guys are talking about sounds like gibberish right now. Yeah, it kind of does.
4: (laughs) I was just, I was just remarking in in my head about that.
1: Yeah. So. Okay. So when the ship goes to shades are a thing. uh... (laughs) When the ship goes to the future and they find the Federation, (laughs) the ship gets refit and it gets um, uh, redesigned with programmable matter, and so as a result. The um, lots of strange the things. The cells will reattach physically and dis uh, detach physically uh, right before and after the ship goes into the mycelin network and come back. Comes back so that way the nacelles yeah. stay with. See, the that's ship. the original.
4: I'm I beginning to see yeah. what Seth's talking about. Maybe we should like
1: actually have a whole Star Trek show. I think we should. Yeah, because this, this is going to sound like crazy talk. Well, unless somebody's watching it. But it yeah. might just be enough <clears throat> impetus to get them to go say, what in the F are they talking about? <laughs> or, or to stop listening to the episode. Right.
4: <laughs> yeah, or or that, or that. But we're nice just listening
2: to these people say nonsense words for 15 minutes.
1: Right. But like we don't always matter, do that. The programmable matter idea is very cool, I think. So pretty much everything in the future is programmable matter. So, you know... Um, you just, you want to sit down, all of a sudden a chair just pops out of thin air, a matter pops out and creates a chair out of thin air and you sit in it and it just hovers there.
2: This week's guest star of Galactic Driftwood, Pixel.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so,
1: so yeah, I was just wondering kind of, John, what you thought what about detachable nacelles. See. And uh, <laughs> what do you think of the season if, so far? If if it is, a,
4: like Seth says, a, a variable... Having variable nacelles can make the drive more efficient, then that's awesome. That's actually a good that's a good thing. Yeah. Your season, I think Burnham cries too much. Mm. I'm getting kind of tired of her crying and whining and being all emo all the time. I don't know if I belong here. It's like, shut up. You know, just damn it.
2: That would make an excellent counselor.
4: (laughs) Shut up. Damn it. No, she's it's like all the people in this show uh had to go through the same risks that burnham did she's just basically it's i don't don't feel that burnham has any empathy
5: i don't think they went through the same risks for starters for no they went through exactly the same risks. well they were
1: all together she was by herself and she was by herself for a year before a year and and that's
5: and unfortunately they didn't spend any more time Getting her character through that year, that was just like, bam! Okay, it's a year later, and I wish they had maybe done a couple of episodes so you could see what she her. had gone
4: through. Because I think we well, missed. It them. seems like she hanging out with the Han Solo of the Star Trek universe.
1: Yes, which is book. But right. I mean,
5: and she, and she didn't know if they were alive. She although, it,
1: although in all fairness, I would not say that that book is a Han Solo character because he is definitely not. Um, uh, con guy out to make money for himself. He is he is on a mission to save these creatures he, and nature. He has he has an agenda, and yes. he will
4: he will lie, cheat, and steal for his agenda. It's just just making him an altruistic Han Solo. If, if that makes you feel better,
1: yeah, I think so. I feel better about that.
4: if if that makes you happy.
1: He's that's so I would call him chaotic good in that. Jesus Christ, how did
4: we get into this? (laughs) He's
1: (laughs) not following any specific laws. He's doing what he sees he has to do in order to do right as he sees it.
2: And once again, John, those actions have to be benevolent. No, they don't. (laughs) Yes, they (laughs) do
4: not. In fact, I think we pretty much established that. No, they have to be benevolent. They don't have to be benevolent. Yeah, they have to be good according to how the character views good. And it's like benevolent.
2: Benevolent. We read that description in the book twice. Yes. And
4: that's included. Benevolence is in the eye of the beholder. Okay, nope. we're not no. going to get off
3: on that. Yes, it is.
1: It's straight we're having up a and d argument here it because it
3: is
4: totally in the eyes of the Hey, okay. what a great I'm segue. I'm going to ask Andy, our
1: I'm going to ask our listeners to weigh that in whether she's
4: being rude by trying to interrupt me, I'm being no. benevolent by teaching her a valuable lesson about behavior. You
1: just going to ask until
5: the next time you talk over somebody. Uh, okay. I
1: would <laughs> like our <laughs> listeners to weigh in on the D D concept of benevolent or uh, do not you want to go over um, like the good. whole
4: the whole idea of
2: the alignments before? Uh, we do No, that? no. Sure, uh, let, Let's save that for an episode where we have Benito. Yeah,
4: okay. that's that is fair. Yeah. And and but if we can't really ask our viewers to comment, unless well, we're we about comment, to, because they're and they, they might speaking be D&D. of D and D, Seth, Ooh.
5: take it away. Seth's doing some stuff
2: okay so well i thought we were going to get into this by saying what we all wanted for christmas because we were going to discuss christmas but then we just had to talk about the mandalorian for half right
1: well that's all right let's get let's cycle back that's what bill
5: wants for christmas the mandalorian and
1: talk about (laughs) um what uh seth is doing what seth got a recent present that seth got that's sort of partially christmas partially birthday right
2: No, I mean, don't, don't tell my wife that I still want a Christmas present.
5: (laughs) It's all about you,
2: but yeah. So Katie got me a 3d printer for, for my birthday and, uh, I have since been using it to print basically nonstop. Just every mini I can get my grubby little hands on, uh, And uh, so it's not a great way to show them, but uh, here's one that I recently printed. It's a a dragon knight on a dragon mount. So I printed this guy and painted him. And you can't see it too well on the webcam because it won't focus on him. Yeah, But I'm very happy with it.
1: Uh, that's impressive so, and tell them what kind of a, a 3d printer you have
2: so i have a uh, sla printer it's a resin printer
1: uh and they uh, versus the other type which is
2: uh an fdm printer so the uh, the 3d printer that most people usually think of when you're talking about a 3d printer is an fdm printer which is the one that has the head that moves around and uses the spool of uh, printing material to print stuff out. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one is a resin printer. It's got a vat of resin, and then there's a printing plate that lowers down into it, and The resin is a uh, photo curing resin. So it cures at a specific wavelength of light. And what it does is the plate lowers down into the vat until there's a very thin layer of resin between the plate, the printing plate and the, the photo curing plate, and then it will light up in the specific pattern that it wants to harden. And then once it's hardened, it'll raise up off of that and lower back down until uh and then it'll just do that layer by layer and the resin will stick to the resin on top and it basically will uh, print things out upside down like this
0: so it starts
2: off at the bottom layer and then slowly will graduate up through the layers to print things
1: out so the and you said it's an sla printer yes and that's so that makes for a much smoother, much more detailed design than the other type.
2: Yeah, uh, that is the benefit. Is that uh, I think a FDM printer you can get layers up to point two millimeters of the of thickness. My printer will do point uh, zero two five uh, millimeters. L- of uh, thickness, thickness hmm. wow. so it can it gets very very detailed and uh with an fdm you will see definite lines with yeah. this uh it's very very hard to see the lines and the print is very smooth uh the downside to my printer is that the printing area is very small uh so this is about as big of a as big of a thing as I can print out in a single, in in, in a single printing, I can print out things that have multiple pieces that you can then glue together. And that's fine. But, uh,
1: so does your, your type of printer though, you can buy larger ones.
2: Yeah. Uh, the, but kind of the, yeah, the kind of the general rule of 3d printers though, is like the bigger you go, uh, the much more expensive it is. Ah. now how the about
1: mice... the how about the resin that you use? So the resin is that expensive?
2: It is more expensive than the filament material that the FDM printers use.
3: Yeah,
2: uh, but overall, it's not too expensive. Like uh, this guy probably cost about. Uh, Maybe thirty cents to print. Oh, that's not bad. And he's he's a little bit larger than your average mini, mm-hmm. uh, and has much better detail than you'd get on something from, say, WizKids. So uh,
1: the so when you print something, uh, you have leftover resin. Is that resin that's not used? Do you save that and then reuse it later? Oh yeah, uh, okay. the vats.
2: So the vat that contains the resin, mm-hmm. you just keep reusing that resin until it and like when oh, you want to switch resin, you just like pour it back into the bottle. Now, why would you switch later. resin? Uh different colors. Different colors, yeah. So I've got this one. This is a green uh, clear green resin. Hmm. And largely I'm still just like trying things out to see what I like. Uh but so for this You can see he's got a staff with some crystals on it. Mm -hmm. I can print this arm separate out of a different colored resin and this one out of a different colored resin. And then I can have these be like clear and do some different coloring effects with them if I want. Whereas- So
1: so that's what you did on that one, used a couple of different resins?
2: No, I I just used a green resin on this one just because I wanted to see how it would work. I see. if you
1: you switch, so it's possible to switch resins in the middle of a print.
2: I do not know that. I haven't tried it yet. I don't know if I want to try it yet Mm because that might not work. Mm -hmm. Different resins might not adhere as well to. So you might try and switch out the resin mid-print and have, and just like ruin your print.
1: Okay.
5: Gotcha. interesting
1: so how many things have you printed now would you say
2: Uh, i have no idea i've been i've had it for (laughs) about a month now and i have been going had it going almost all the time (laughs) i i've printed out and paint like some of the i have printed out and painted I think five different models now. So printed them out and painted them. Mm. I have printed probably 10, uh, 15 to 20 models in total. So how mm. long would you say a typical model takes to print? Uh, I'm printing most things at uh, 0.03 millimeters. So that takes longer. Like, uh-huh. uh, so it takes about six seconds a layer to print. And so the more Mm. layers you have, the longer it takes to print, Mm -hmm. which is to say that something about this size will take, this is a standard miniature size and he will take about eh, five to six hours to print. But the bonus of the kind of printer I have is that I can use the whole print plate so if I want, I can print Most maybe like six of these guys at the same time. Oh. I can fit them all on the printer.
1: Huh. Nice. And did you say uh, there was is... a downside to having a bigger printer? Cost.
5: <laughs> yeah, cost As always of the printer.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So no, was... mine
2: is mine is an Elagoo Mars, uh, and that one cost about two hundred dollars. Is okay.
4: uh is heat an uh, issue on this one? because the filament printers uh have some sometimes there's heat issues involved in uh printing with uh, a filament printer
1: so Mm. now you have a filament printer right john
4: yeah and have you printed anything with that yet i have not but uh i have read up on it and it's like as soon as i take it out of the box and actually balance it it's like i've just been lazy it's like, <laughs> uh, You've all had that for a little while, right? Yeah, it is very important that you, uh, it's, it's 100% balanced. It's like, I imagine that's the same for yours, uh,
2: yeah. Uh, it has a ba- you have to balance the printing plates, but a it's a very easy process on the on my printer. It's basically loosening two screws. And zeroing out the printer, and then tightening the screws again, and voila, you're done. Mm. It takes all of uh, maybe a minute, and there's no—it's almost dummy-proof. Hmm. Oh, cool. Like it surprised me how easy it was to do this. Uh, like a lot of the models that I pr- like, the problem with it is that when you're doing this, you have to make sure that no mater- all the material, basically, is connected in some way to the base plate. So you have to set up supports for these little guys. So, cause if you print something off in midair and it's not connected to the model, it'll, the, the resin will harden and then basically float off into the vat where it can cause problems later. You need to make sure that everything is connected to the model. And to do that, you have to set up these supports. But a lot of the models that I print come pre-supported. So it's basically just popping it on to, into the file that you want to print, and hitting go.
4: Oh, nice. I've noticed in the wall behind you, Seth, you have some nice uh, artwork. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking uh, is that- That's it makes Katie in
1: cosplay. But, no, no,
4: I don't think it is.
1: No, so-
2: But it's
4: know. like the whole thing, I was just thinking of Charles's walls and how- he should have some... <laughs> one, some... One, one day. Leave him alone. He needs some waifus. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: I don't know if I've ever told you guys. I'm sure I've brought it up before, but I used to write for a webcomic called Edge of December. Yep. All of those pieces, except for one, which is you can't see because it's kind of behind the cat tree right now from this angle, are done by the artist of that, uh, Gled Kitchell. Oh,
5: cool.
2: Unfortunately, he's kind of busy with other life right now and not really doing much art for people, which is sad because these are all beautiful and I love them.
4: Mm. Charles's wall needs a waifu.
2: Okay.
1: And <laughs> Seth, you've, Seth, you've subscribed to a service where you get these files that you can print, right? Yeah. Well, uh, Patreon. No. So
2: there are different... Uh, There are lots of different artists. Like uh, the one who did this is a an artist called the Artisans Guild, Mm. and they have a Patreon. And so I back their Patreon, and every month they have a new set of minis that they release for printing. And so I get, and then I've got uh, I back another one called Cast and Play. And then another one called Bite the Bullet. So I think those are the three I'm backing right now. And between all of those, I get like 30 to 40 new models a month to print. Wow. Minimum.
1: And then, of course, you can always go out to something like uh, Hero Forge, which I believe, Chris, you were talking about yeah. Uh, yeah. a little earlier. You want to talk about well, that for,
3: a little For bit? our campaign, we went to, uh, um, for our Pathfinder campaign that we do with Seth, we went out to Hero Forge, and you can create your own, in uh, a bunch of various styles uh down to the down to the weapons and whether you have spells in your hands and stuff like that so it's pretty mm-hmm. awesome uh so our our group uh all kind of submitted some for printing uh for seth and it's pretty cool You're pretty flexible site well
2: hold so on when just you... a second and i will show you okay. those things we didn't plan out for this and we really should have
3: so essentially
1: um, you're going out there you're designing your character and mm-hmm. then instead of having hero forge print it you're just getting a file that you're then. Yeah, you can to you send.
3: can you can pay uh, a small fee, uh, a few bucks, and they will they will give you a downloadable file. So if you have your own 3D printer, you can just print it out. I see. Oh, cool. Yep. I don't know why, but it, uh, oh, there we go. And you can get it in regular plastic, premium plastic. They have colored ones. You can do mm-hmm. bronze. If um, you have them, print modules. it. All
2: right. So let me show you what Chris made for his own. Uh, mini,
1: okay.
2: So this is Chris's mini.
1: So Chris, tell us about your character. You
3: yeah, guys so my can character is
2: uh, program, right? Yeah, Magus. Yeah, awesome. It,
3: it's a Magus. Yep. Okay. So a spellcaster and and primarily you know um, melee melee uh, weapon damage uh, with spells on top of that. So okay. Uh, uh, so I kind of went through. It's my my first one I've ever done with it. So. Um, but uh, actually, I'm pretty glad to see that you actually finally got the file. Um, yep, Seth. So um, yeah, I, I outfitted it based off of what I might imagine it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's all in one color here, but um, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty cool, and I can see he's got some other uh, uh, some of, some other of our characters as well, which are pretty awesome. Um, so
2: this, just to kind of give you an idea here, Chris, this is Kana. And they, this is what I basically had to do with her to get her to print out. And that's what I've got to do with uh with Tarrant here.
3: Oh, it still just says loading I can't see Kana's file yet. Oh you can't? It no just says loading file there. We still oh, see- you guys
2: must not be getting a good live uh
1: we just still see Chris's thing.
3: character. Yeah, I still see mine. Oh, sorry.
5: Cool. Interesting.
1: Now, so then Chris, are I'm you gonna sure. paint the character
3: yourself or are you just gonna leave it unpainted? Yeah, I can't, it's up it's up to Seth. I don't know if he wants to print him out to paint him himself, but uh, okay, you know I would happily go over. Unfortunately, but due to this uh, pandemic, I yeah. normally we would come by and paint it ourselves and probably oh, have I it see. Done.
2: Well, I mean, I can always drop it off to you if you want to yes. paint it yourself.
3: So um, I'll check and see. I, I don't remember if Gina picked up her painting kits, but I think we have some now uh, for painting some miniatures. So uh, if that's the case, then yeah, probably will do that.
2: Hmm. yeah so that's kind of what i've been doing a lot the last that's been my creative outlet over the last month
1: yeah Uh, that sounds like fun
2: and linda had brought up that site when we first started talking about this the uh uh that a wizard's christmas and so i'm going to be that's a campaign that's going on right now for a bunch of christmas themed ornament or D themed ornaments and christmas themed minis and what so are, de- are they
1: designed to be something you hang from a christmas tree then or you just set around the house or
2: yep uh, all of that like there's a ton of stuff in this campaign hmm. uh, like you see that little flying key there yeah. kind of yeah. reminiscent of harry potter uh like the cool badass looking santa So, they should uh, have, they've got a bunch of stuff that I'm going to be 3D printing off and we might be uh, using to decorate our house. I have an ornament from this set printing right now as we speak.
5: Uh,
1: Ooh. I envision Seth's house, his printer's just running day and night, churning out.
2: (laughs) It pretty much is. Yeah. I'm a little scared of. (laughs) wearing it out but it's like I said the SLA printer is very simple it's just a plate that goes da- up and down up and down up and down
1: yeah and then it's got like is it like an LED light type of thing at a certain frequency that
2: yeah it's basically a. Uh, I think it's basically kind of like a modified phone screen and it just mm. lights up at a certain frequency of light that hardens this resin
3: huh I'll be darn. very cool
2: I've been having on a ton of really nerdy It's fun. a
3: good time to make a transition to talk about something that typically would be seen as a miniature now is larger than life.
1: Yeah. Something very, very big. Gundam.
3: Yes. Gundam?
2: Gundam, yes! Japan. Yeah, so there was
1: something in the news. Didn't Japan just recently unveil a full-size, full-size Gundam? There it is. Yes! Inside it of a building. Moves. A very full-size and well. moving Gundam. Yes,
2: and it's to Who, kind of, who, who like,
4: would? Who else would actually build a Gundam
2: besides <laughs> Japan? I would 100% do this. You you elect me president, I will have America will have its and own And that is a neat Gundam. thing. We
4: should we should solve all of our international
3: problems by Gundam fights.
5: Seth, you're going to have to start a few printers working on that.
2: Red,
4: would be, that would be <laughs> awesome.
3: Yeah. I I think like, one key thing it's it's good to bring up about this is is a lot of what goes into this is fan-driven. Mm-hmm. Like the people who built this are true Gundam fans that have grown up and and, and watched it, and yeah. and the people who are leading these projects to build this, they're they're hardcore Gundam people. So that's and, awesome. there can't there has to be a lot
4: of cybernetic advancements coming out of the research that build this thing. Absolutely. So it's like it's a win-win, and it's like, man, we, I want to watch two giant robots beat the shit out of each other. I do. I think that would be great. And I think that'd be a great way to solve all the world's problems.
1: So, you, you must have loved BattleBots when that was on. BattleBots? Oh, that yeah, oh, yeah. was
5: awesome.
4: Oh, you mean that was yeah, I did actually. I thought that was a neat show. That concept. was a
2: fun show. Yeah. It was. I like, like this. Yeah, I'd it, like to see another more of that.
4: Well, this this the Gundam seeing the Gundam reminded me of a movie from the from the 80s called Robot Jots. Yep, and it's like that. That was literally giant robots fighting to solve international problems. And it's like, what do you you saw it, Chris? Yeah. What do you What do you remember about it? I I remember it being
3: an okay movie. Yeah, I remember the. So I always imagine, I I rewatched it uh, a few years ago, uh, and actually last year again too. I think it came up for some reason. And uh, um, what I was surprised about was still emphasis on. Uh, you know, other than the crappy graphics, which at the time I thought were were great, and, and yeah. I go back and watch them, and like this is horrible. Um, was the uh, I think in the beginning it shows a lot of physical training that the people still do. Uh, they're not just you know they don't just get in there and, and learn how to how to how to move robots. There's always in every in every like uh, every show that has to do with like driving mechs or whatever. There's always this focus on. Um, what I want to call it, like physical fitness, martial arts training, and stuff like that. They had it in Pacific Rim, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, They had it in Pacific Rim, too. And I thought that was kind of interesting that they always kind of have that is they have to be trained in combat physically, uh, mentally, before they even pilot it. But I remember, you know, weird things like, uh, you know, cowboy hats. There's a guy in there that's running around in the cowboy hat. Um, There's the Russian guy that wore the cowboy hat. Yeah, there's a Russian guy that wears a cowboy hat. It's very – very interesting movie. Um, uh, the fight scenes uh, are, are pretty good. The explosions are garbage. Everything is just kind of garbage, but it's it's entertaining because now of, now it's garbage. Now it's, like, it's garbage, but then it,
4: was you great. remember when Tron came out and everyone was yes. like, "Look at the graphics!" Yep. Like now it's like it's laughable.
3: Well, and I say the same thing about like on uh, um, other older movies like uh, that, are, that are sci-fi, like uh, the Last Starfighter or something. Yes, like that was another one that exactly. I exactly. Oh my god! Yes.
2: I mean, you kind
4: of felt that though, even at the time. that yeah, that you could do better than than that even then. <laughs> Starfighter. Yeah, but.
2: but then you were using the computer-generated graphics just to be
1: cool, man. Yeah,
4: it was. It was literally to highlight
2: the computer graphics.
4: The whole movie was written around that particular highlight, and it was sad.
2: <laughs> it's, I remember seeing Robot jo- I saw Robot Jock so long ago that I don't have any clear memory of it.
1: I don't think I've ever seen that.
2: What ever seen that?
1: You know, that would
4: actually be a pretty good one for us to riff. Mm-hmm. If we we're going to riff. It's, 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 it's yeah, there's there's lots of stuff. There's a romance that totally doesn't work. There's a you, you never really see any of the of the World Council that's supposed to be behind? Yeah, I think that I think the hero actually steals a robot at one point. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's if I remember correctly, yeah. well, it's a hell of a you thing.
1: Too. You know, doesn't uh, uh, Disney Plus have that uh, team watch feature now? Group yeah. watch feature? Yeah. yeah, I do. I haven't tried that yet, but I've I've been wanting to try that.
2: You should try that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you if you've seen any videos of the Gundam moving, it moves like really slow because they say they have from behind.
3: Yeah, there's like 24 articulate moving parts or whatever aside from hmm. like the fingers or something on the Gundam. Yeah, but yeah, you can see like the fingers yep. moving. Fingers do like this, and, uh, and yeah, it, it how far can it move? Hmm? How, how
4: far can it walk? I mean, because I would think that it would shake itself apart.
2: It's it, it looks very well supported. Yeah, it right? looks that way. It looks that way. Yeah, behind you can see the support structure. And I'm yeah. sure that that, like it's got plenty with it, inside it that is supporting it. Uh, hmm. yeah, I guess the thumbs up. Yeah. But oh no, it's what's it doing? Either way. It's got... To it's infinity it's, it's, and beyond. It's, it's
4: loser. It's going yeah. You're a loser. It's doing a
2: loser. <laughs> but it, there's also apparently a cockpit experience where you can get inside the cockpit. Yeah, it's yeah. a full, It's yeah.
3: a fully built-out mech. Like, it's fully mm. built-out, like, nice. you know, can-be-a-man kind of thing. It's important Ooh. to note this is the first one they've done. Um, I think they had a... Maybe it was similar in size or smaller, but it didn't move, really. Uh, it was called, like, the Unicorn Gundam.
2: Yeah, they've done several of these, and several yeah, they've, done, they've done a few and areas,
3: um, and each one keeps getting better.
2: Like I, I, think it's all. This is all just a. I, I think this is all a ploy. Like you build them out in the open, you make it. They make them look slow,
5: mm-hmm.
2: but <laughs> aliens are gonna invade, and they've got like some. Mentally damaged teenagers, just ready to pilot. So you those things.
4: you think that the Gundams are going to save us from a space invasion?
3: No, I think they'll saying? save Japan. Oh. Yeah, I think I think Japan will be like set. <laughs> Everyone else in the world is like trying to figure things out, in Japan's like launch the Gundams. Launch <laughs> <Yeah>. the
5: Gundams.
3: <laughs> that would be awesome. Nice. I mean, yeah, if you can find it, Linda, in Tokyo o- Odaiba. O- I don't know how to say that. Odaiba, Tokyo. They did a. Uh, Unicorn Gundam uh, back in 2017. Um, And that may have been like the last. I think every time these pop up, I think about robot jocks. is why why I end up watching it every few years. Um, But that was the last big one they did. But it wasn't really designed to move or do anything. It was just just a giant static statue. Uh, This one's hitting the news again because it's like, hey, we did it again. But this time it moves. Right. So it's pretty awesome. Hopefully, uh, they don't get together with the guys who built um, uh, those robot dogs. Um, oh, those, oh uh, uh,
2: Boston Dynamics. Yeah,
3: Boston Dynamics. Yeah, if you can imagine Boston Dynamics. Yes. Like, hey, can we put our computers in that? <laughs> yeah. Boston
4: Dynamics is the one that made that robot dog that Bill wanted a while yep. back.
3: Yeah. yeah. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, there's the unicorn one. Uh, lights up, does all this cool things. That was kind of like their last big one, and then uh, now we have a, uh, a newer version with the traditional like Gundam colors and things like that. So
1: yeah,
3: so these are all secret actual functional Gundams that are going right. to
4: save, save <laughs> Japan.
2: Yeah. Uh, awesome. I, Either I, that, or they're all on top of the launch points for the actual Gundam.
1: Right, yeah. Well, I do yeah. have to say it, it hands down beats uh, Civil War statues. Oh. What? Hell,
5: what? The
1: Gundam statues hand down, hands down beat uh, any uh, Civil War so statues.
2: Yeah, that's way more rad. <laughs> way yeah, more way rad. To...
1: Yeah, uh, okay. Um... We should take down all of our Civil War statues and put Gundams in their place that's Yeah, it's, just re- rewrite all of that's like that's like comparing apples
4: and like? piles of shit. <laughs> 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 Literally, <laughs> right there, you just you just did that comparison, Bill. I, I
2: think the more apples of
4: shit. The
2: the app the, the comparison you're looking at <laughs> apples. Is, you were gonna say apples. yeah apples and horse apples
4: there you that go there Brody you nice. go that Road is apples. far more pg than i wanted it to
1: be but yeah okay that works guys, all right we well i think we're way. we're about at our limit for this show anybody have any last minute thoughts you want to interject
5: do you want to mention the doctor who oh yeah
3: uh, we we're gonna be more christmassy we really were gonna we were. be more <laughs> Yeah, let's wrap up with what people should be watching uh, this Christmas. Any specials that we know about out there. Yeah. So the Doctor Whoa. Who
1: Christmas special actually is not going to be out on Christmas like in previous years. This will be out uh, on New Year's. New Year's. So, um, but uh, same it's time frame. holiday it's, um, themed. It might be running a little late just because of uh, COVID. Maybe. I don't know. But anyway, that's that's one that I know of. What else? Uh, of course the Star Wars Lego special holiday special we talked about at the beginning of the show. What else is out there?
2: Well, go rewatch the old Doctor Who Christmas specials. Yeah, go
1: there's watch a lot the of them. Old Star Wars
3: holiday specials. I'll be no, no, don't back, don't do that. not do, do that. I'll be going back walking, watching some DBZ Abridge Christmas specials. Yes. Christmas Tree of Might. Uh, and you mentioned another one earlier. I think Plan so, to uh, eradicate Plan Christmas. to eradicate Christmas. So I'll be watching those.
5: Ball nice. Z.
2: You, you can find those on YouTube. The, the, oh, they are on
5: YouTube. From, Team, uh, it's from Star.
2: Team Four Star, Dragon Ball Z Abridged.
3: Yeah, if you've not watched those, worth the watch, especially the specials.
2: Yeah, they are parodies of Dragon
3: Ball Z movies. Do you have to be an anime lover to like it? No, not really. They're genuinely okay. funny. You'll sure. enjoy them better if you've watched it, but they're genuinely yeah. pretty funny. If you okay. want to watch Dragon
4: so. Ball Z, you have to be a fan of watching someone scream for 20 minutes while they get up to their <laughs> next
2: level. <laughs> Cause that's why it's Dragon Ball Z abridged. Like, yeah, so, so they
4: shrink the time of screaming down. It's like, so,
2: <laughs> so the, what this is is it's a it's a, a YouTube channel called Team Four Star, mm-hmm. and they gained their fame by basically doing a parody series of Dragon Ball Z, and mm-hmm. they so they abridged it from like twenty minutes an episode down to like five minutes an episode and. Cut down all the like the screaming and the powering up and whatnot, and it's really snappy, really punchy. And you don't have to be a fan of the series to actually enjoy it because Katie, my wife, has never seen the actual Dragon Ball Z, but she loves Dragon Ball Z abridged because it's really funny. Yep. Now, the first couple, if you want to watch it, it's all free on YouTube. Uh, the first it takes them a little while to like find the right like balance but by by like episode by episode 10 they're really into it ooh is
3: Master Roshi just as perverted and abridged or it's like more so
2: more so, more so.
3: <laughs> nice everything that people wish they would have exaggerated on from uh, <laughs> characters flaws or whatever has been turned up excellent yeah Excellent. Uh,
2: Goku is just this Glorious, beautiful idiot.
3: Yes. <laughs> the idiot we all knew he could be.
2: Piccolo, are you a Yoshi? Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm a goddamn Yoshi.
3: Yay! Yay! <laughs> So, and since, uh, since DBZ abridged, they've they've moved on to other sh- uh, anime series as well and done a bridge to those. So they, they have a ton of good quality content. Whether you if, if you didn't enjoy anime before, they can kind of maybe get you to enjoy it from their point of view. But uh, I don't even it, know how you could level up though without screaming just... for twenty minutes. <laughs> how can you level
4: up without screaming for twenty minutes? I don't. I know. mean, it
2: can be
1: done. It can be done. Apparently, Rarely. Rarely. All right. What else? What else are we missing that we should
4: Burnham, be Michael for? Burnham cries too much uh, <laughs>
5: the... for
4: Christmas.
1: Well, all the Supernatural, time. Supernatural.
2: Supernatural has some fun uh, su- or some fun Christmas episodes where they're basically killing Santa Claus.
1: Is that has that been discontinued or is that still are they still they making? They just
2: did the last. Episode they just
1: did the last one. Yeah, oh, okay. like a month the ago.
2: Final episode of Supernatural. Like fourteen seasons. Wow. Uh Eureka if you remember that series from I the do. sci-fi channel. I do. I I liked the Christmas episodes they did for that that show and Warehouse 13. Mm-hmm. That had oh, some God. fun I liked I liked too.
4: both of those shows. I liked how they worked together sometimes but they got to be extremely predictable. Yeah, mm-hmm. the like,
2: the later season like the the first two seasons of both of those shows were the best. Yeah. And then later seasons were
4: highly The guy who played the marshal, he's like he does whirlpool ads now. I don't even it's like I thought he was a really good actor. I thought he would he would go on to something more than being, you know, the whirlpool guy. He,
2: he will have a sci-fi rebirth, don't worry. I hope so. Do. I mean,
4: I understand he's going to get residuals from that for the rest of his life, but it's like, you know, he was I thought he was good. I did.
2: I'm sure he will come back in uh, some sort, of, some sci-fi movie. Look at Katie Sackhoff.
1: Right, we least it, he'll return.
2: Now, the Mandalorian.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of her in the future. I would, I would
4: like that a lot. I mean, I don't know if I haven't been seeing her because I don't watch anything but sci-fi and comedy. She could be a hell of a dramatic actress, and I would never know. But it's like, um, I don't know. I, I haven't looked at her IMDb. I don't, I don't know, but I do hope I get to see more of her. What do you think, Charles? Charles
6: agrees. He <laughs>
1: hopes you see more of her too.
4: Sure, why not? Why <laughs> not? Just for most I, of the episode, I wanted I, to put the, like a the 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 mirror underneath uh, Charles's more, nose to see if he's still more, alive. the
6: more flowing hair we see in the Mandalorian, the better.
4: The more hair.
1: So you're saying maskless? Well, you want everybody maskless? Just the women. <laughs> <laughs>
5: So predictable.
6: <laughs> okay, which is, I'm sure, I'm sure that's what
2: Disney's plan was. Anyway. Charles is saying something, but yeah. we can't hear him.
5: Yeah, it, you made <laughs> me,
1: you made me sad that I woke Don't you know up, what's Charles. Going
2: on. I feel, I, I feel bad. I can't because... hear anyone
1: now. <laughs> you can't hear anyone. Uh-oh. We can hear everyone. We
2: can hear you.
4: Can all right. Well, you. this yeah.
1: seems like a good place to end it. So <laughs>
2: that's, <laughs> a, that's a great. Okay,
1: so, yeah, that's a great yeah. segue. All right. My well, internet is dying. Yep. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll help you tune in next time. We'll have some more interesting discussion. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll be close enough to the end of some of these series that we can uh, discuss how they wrapped up. So um, check us out on galacticdriftwood.space. And until then, have a safe and happy holiday if we don't talk to you before. Take care. Bye-bye.
2: Bye. Bye. Happy Life Day.